All right, we are on. Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm joined today by my new uh, new friend. Um, and if I were to, to define this last week, I would say new acquaintance. Uh, Kirby Hassman. He is the CEO of, of Hassman Marketing uh, in Ohio. Uh, you said you're right outside of Columbus. Yeah, yeah, just about 60 miles outside of Columbus. We're in a small town called Coshocton. I always say we're an hour and a half from anywhere. <laughs> That's right, Coshocton. I was trying to remember yeah. where that was. Um, well, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. Um, so I'm, I'm teaching uh, two classes, one at Pitt and one at Point Park. One is uh, the Point Park uh, classes. They're graphic designers, seniors. And then in, at Pitt, they are marketing seniors. So, um, so I'm sure that, that what you have to say will be completely, uh, appropriate for what their interests are. But, uh, I got to ask, uh, how's everything going? You're, you're an entrepreneur, CEO of your own company. How's, uh, how's business? How's life? What's going on? Yeah, it is a, it is a thank you for asking because that that's the right question to start with. Um, you know, things are as good as can be expected during these sort of strange times. Um, we, uh, I have, we kind of were a little bit ahead of the curve as we started to move all of our team to move um, to remote work. Um, that's not something we had done. We all really enjoyed sort of working in a, an office where I always like the accidental sort of collisions and conversations that happen from a creativity perspective. Mm -hmm. And so the, one of the biggest adjustments we've made is um, trying to do remote work productively. Um, right. And I know there's a ton of people out there that do that great. We have had to kind of grow into that. Um, on the other side, you know, the uncertainty of it from a financial perspective is it's a real challenge. Um, I, uh, you know, because I'm in the CEO role, you know, I'm required to do um, some of the finance stuff. Uh, not some of it. I'm required to do all of it, really. Uh, <laughs> and it's not my my preferred, you know, type of work, but it's the most important right now. What I, my big focus right now is to say, okay, I want to make sure we have stable foundation from a financial perspective. And then work really hard on the proactive side to make sure that when this ends and it will end, mm -hmm. uh, we come out stronger on the other side. So that's, that's what's going on with us. And, um, you know, I want you know what, RJ, I see things out there that say, you know, that they're like pieces of content that say, here's the secrets to surviving this uh, time or whatever. And I'm like, I, those seem so disingenuous um, because I'm here's doing my what response I, to those. Yeah. Yes, exactly. How could you possibly know? How could you right. possibly know? Um, now, you know, we're doing the best we can um, with what we have. And, and I think we're doing the right thing. <laughs> Time will tell. Yeah. Um, but but over, overall, we're doing well. And, and uh, so far, we're safe and healthy. And that's obviously what's most important. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And, you know, one of the things that I've been communicating to, to my clients and even my friends that run small businesses that are being affected by this now is now is the time to gain the best understanding of your business mm. as you can while you have a little bit of downtime, you know? Sure. So, um, so for example, I, I agree with you, like the, the financial aspect of things is the most laborious, 
least interesting and absolutely the least amount of fun aspect of, of running your own company, unless you're a numbers person. Right. Uh, at which point the creative is probably the worst <laughs> yeah. part, but nevertheless, um, you know, I, there are so many small businesses being affected by what's going on right now. Um, and come to find out that they don't even have a strong grasp on the basics, the basic framework of their, their organizations, their companies. Yeah. So take this time to actually inform yourself about how to, how to, how to run your books or how to develop your marketing. Uh, don't just, you know, take a really hard look at how you're advertising and communicating. Um, and I'm, and I'm hoping that a lot of people take that time to be introspective. Totally. Um, I think a lot of them are in, oh shit, panic mode, <laughs> yeah. trying to figure everything out. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't begrudge them that, but, um, what are you telling, you know, your clients, uh, how to, you know, what, what are your thoughts for them? You know, what we have decided, and, and you know a little bit about this part of our business, RJ, is we we're heavy into content, content marketing, and with the idea that we want to provide value, right? Mm -hmm. And so we've looked at it and said, look, we're going to um, double down sort of on that part of who we are. Mm -hmm. um, as you said, we have the time, right? And so when I'm reaching out to clients and, and doing a couple things, number one, I'm trying to find out the questions and concerns they have so that we can create content around it. Because if one of our clients has that, then probably multiple do. And so we're creating blogs and videos and, and uh, podcasts around that piece just to provide value. The yeah. other thing, and it sounds simple, but we are um, utilizing this sort of technology um, on a regular basis to say, um, hey, let's hop on a call, brainstorm ideas for your business. And, and I've actually taken to, to calling it therapy sessions um, for, for both me and my clients, right? Like right. Some, some clients just need like, to go, okay, I feel like I'm operating in a bubble all of a sudden. I'm thinking of doing this. What do you think? Just and honestly, just providing a, a, an ear. That's a piece that we've done. Yep. And then the, the big piece, and we literally just rolled it out uh, today, um, we've created a five-day marketing course for our clients, okay? And it's uh, just an email automated campaign um, with, we talk about uh, creating their perfect customer, creating a better website, um, doing social media better, five days of different content that's 100% free, there's no catch. You know, like mm -hmm. the idea of, look, you know this about me. My belief is that when you provide value, um, the returns come. They don't necessarily yes. come day one. They come, you know, whatever. Well, to me, this is the perfect time for me to practice what I preach, put up or shut up, all mm -hmm. of those sort of things. So literally, you know, I'm excited about that because it's just like, yes, I, I, I need your email, but I need your email to send you the stuff. Um, right. Right. Like it's not, there's no aha moment at the end. Um, mm -hmm. And my hope is at doing that, that number one, we're going to showcase our expertise, but number two, you know, the brand affinity for us is going to grow because we've provided value in a time when people needed value. And so that's, yep. those, that's sort of the, what we're, our sort of strategy is. And, and they'll remember that. And that will, that will generate leads and sales later. I mean, mm -hmm. and that's not when you know, the time not, is right. When, when the, the time, time is right. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause you're going into this very altruistically, and, you know, we're all just trying to get through this together. And eventually that will, like you said, produce return um, when the time is right. Um, and I think, you know, it's a lot of those, 
it, you know, there's been a lot of conversations on like higher ed social web and uh, engagement marketing chats about, hey, if you're in sale, like if you're at a company and you're in sales, just like do not attempt to sell us right now. Right. We're not buying. We're not interested. It comes off as tone deaf, tone deaf, excuse me, and tasteless. And um, that'll do some real damage for those companies later on. Yeah, um, no, I, the challenge, and, and, and it, it is a challenge, right? Because the pushback you're going to get, and it's one that I'm trying to weigh out is go, okay, but we still need to pay the electric bill and pay the team. Yep. Like we've kept everybody on staff. Um, and so what we've looked at is going, okay, there are moments, there are slivers, there are things that we do that can help um, someone get through the time. But generally, it's almost like a requested service, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I th- we've had, like, had some, some ability to provide value. But you're exactly right, man. You got, you got to be super careful. Um, mm-hmm. Because again, you don't want to be tone deaf. But on the other side, it's like, okay, is there anything in your service that can provide them value? And, and even when you do that, you got to be careful about how you price it. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Um, especially when, you know, people are getting laid off and, and it's just, it's like all crumbling down around us. It's, it's quite peculiar. Yes. Um, so y- your team's at home. Uh, they're, they're doing the work. Um, are they, are you encouraging them to get involved in like professional development stuff, like learn some new skills during your downtime? Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. I'm, I'm telling the team, actually, we, have, we are ironically doing more calls and meetings than we ever have in the past. So we actually are doing a daily meeting. We used to do it weekly. Um, and it, it's happened sort of organically, which is the yeah. best, by the way. Um, is our graphic designer popped on and was like, hey, I've been listening to this podcast. I think all of you would like this. And so people are sort of organically recommending things that they're finding that are helping to grow skills, but also quite frankly, helping with mental health, right? Yeah. Um, because that's super, super important. Uh, you know, I, I saw something in, and I have two daughters, uh, you know this, uh, 18 and 21, and uh, my oldest is a, a performer for cruise ships. Oh not, no. Yeah, not a great, uh, uh, you know, profession to be in right this minute. But on the other side, you go, okay, well, this back to your point about professional development. If you come out of this and you don't have a new skill, you haven't learned a new language, you don't have a new side hustle, you haven't, mm. you haven't grown in some way, then the problem was never time. It was discipline. Yep. And, and so it, it is a, you know, it's, it's a, as you said, a peculiar time, but it's about being intentional during those times so that you come out stronger on the other side. So, um, for your, your marketing and design staff, what are the, do you know what kind of things there they want to learn? You know, uh, so specifically from a design perspective, Josh, who I need to introduce you to, by the way, I think you guys would hit it off. He's a guy who has over the last year or two really grown professionally and personally um in a bunch of different ways like he just is um he's one of those guys i'm really proud of because every every piece he's and so he's actually just um uh kind of totally bitten off like right now he's working on his fitness level he's working on his mental health and stuff like that and so what what i love about him is he's developed into a leader in that way and so those are i think each each person is kind of taking their own 
Um, my assistant is much more doing sort of this, the personal development and kind of parenting. She's a grand, grandma and, and wants to focus on doing that better. So each, I, I think each of us is um, kind of taking something that's personal. And I, I think that's most important. One of the things that, I, it's funny, I, my blog today said there's a difference between education and learning. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes education is what happens to you. Learning is what you do yourself. Right. And I well, want the, I want them to learn on yeah. their own. And and you know that that journey, if you opt into it, it's it's so much more fulfilling and enriching. Yeah, at, totally. At the end, um, than it is like being forced on you. Yeah. Um, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you'll I, remember uh, it. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, retention goes through the roof. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I agree completely. And so. Uh, my, I'm recommending to my students, like, you know, they are in a situation where they maybe had jobs lined up. Mm. Um, I mean, Pitt is like the number 12th best public business school in the country. Mm, And so corporate recruiters are knocking on our doors and hiring these people before they even graduate. And now jobs are being delayed or internships are being canceled, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And my students especially if they're graduating, they have, there's more pressure on them now to continue that learning, but on their own in a very self-disciplined way. And the downside there is that they maybe not have had enough practical experience to know what exactly it is that they have to learn. So I can say to them like, well, you know, you're going to have to uh, learn Google Analytics. And some of them understand why that's important, but others are like, well, I don't have any capability to do that. Sure. So what would you recommend that graduating marketers and designers um, dive into on their own in terms of their own development uh, in this interim situation? I, I love this question, by the way. Uh, I think the, the answer is execute on something and you'll learn what you need to learn. So what I mean by that is like, uh, and I, again, conversations I've had with my daughters or whatever is like, okay, if you want to be a professional marketer, you know what? Nonprofits right now need help marketing more than ever, right? Volunteer, create an actual, like go and create their website for them, create a social media marketing plan, do the work. And then you'll be like, you will find where your own deficiencies are. And by the way, you will have um, created proven track record of your success. If you can create some success, you will uncover what you need to learn. And I, I actually think that, you know, my oldest daughter helped me create a website called Ohio's Heart at one point. She's a dancer. She's a performer. But right now, right now, <laughs> uh, that might that skill might come in handy, whether it's creating something for a nonprofit or, hey, I'm going to create my own website about marketing me. Mm-hmm. Like you're the CEO of you. So like for me, it's, it's about, okay, what nonprofit can you start? What side hustle can you create? What can, like literally take action. And, and I, what, what I found um, is and I'll just use myself as an example, 20, too many years ago, I was a college student, right? And I wasn't a particularly great college student. I really, I, I, I'm embarrassed by that, to be candid. I made it through, I did what I had to do. And then I started my own business. And I was like, shit, 
I really <laughs> should have paid attention. Um, and I right. learned so much in the first four years of starting a business that I, there was vocab and there was stuff that happened in college that I, that I would have helped me. But the moment I put the hat on that it was my money, mm-hmm. all of a sudden I'm just like, oh, I, I'm going to start reading. Like that's when I started reading. And you know yeah. this, I, I read 50 yeah. books a year now. Like I'm passionate about that. And what I found was, oh, these are the places I need to grow in. And accounting and finance was one of them. Yep. That was that the paradigm sense? shift. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, don't feel bad about that. There are so many great uh, entrepreneurs, professionals that were exactly like that in college. Yeah. And, you know, for my undergrad, I was, I was in average, maybe slightly above average student. Um, but it was when I hit graduate school that like that competitive streak really elevated. Like it was my personal mission to destroy everybody. Like I was that (laughs) competitive. Right. (laughs) Um, well it paid off because I ended up entering teaching the end of my first year of grad school. Um, and I've been able to have a lot of really great career wins as a, as a result of that kind of mentality shift. Um, but you know, it doesn't hit you until you decide to like, especially go out on your own. And that is, you know, that, that's actually one thing that I'm encouraging, uh, my students to do is like, you know, you're in a situation where there's a ton of people that need your help. Um, and there are companies that may not be in a position to hire you. So build a name for yourself, you know, as best you can. And, you know, you're going to, you're going to hit a lot of walls. You're going to cut your teeth on some awful low hanging fruit clients. um, But you're going to learn so profoundly what to do and what not to do that you're going to be able to sharpen your instinct much quicker than someone that, enters a job with a corporate uh, employer and then they just go through that onboarding for a year or two. So I think that there's, you know, some, I I think instinct is something is very much a skill that does need development. Um, But you can't put, you got to put yourself out there in order to, to get it. Yeah. I, I, what I always say is find something that you're really passionate about and, and throw and volunteer your time there. Like if you are like, again, my youngest daughter was super into uh, animals. Well, she started volunteering her time at the local animal shelter and just doing social media for them. Well, now that she's got her own business, she's taking the skills she learned there. By the way, she made a positive impact in that local <laughs> animal shelter, right? Um, increased uh, the adoptions and all that sort of thing. Well, those skills are things that transfer. Um, so it's, again, it's about learning, not education, right? Like it's about taking those in and going, okay, I am going to uh, take these skills and, and help somebody in the process. And if you do that, good things happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so another thing you had mentioned previous to that was, um, well, there's actually a few things. I mean, you're kind of killing it with great uh, words of advice here. Thanks. Appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, well, I'll, I'll step back and say, like, with, with your daughter and the, the animal example, I think that's, um, you, you know, there's a, an interesting opportunity there to find out, like, yeah, you may have a passive interest in animals, and then you, you discover, like, marketing animal-based nonprofit organizations. And it's like, oh, my God, this is my niche. This is incredible. 
I get to do this and my work actually helps a living thing, right? Yeah. Um, so that is not just incredibly uh, self sort of defining, but valuable and cathartic. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so I, I'm trying to encourage students to do that. I mean, I have a huge background in arts marketing, mm -hmm. uh, arts marketing and fundraising. And um, one of the things that I've always enjoyed about arts marketing is that, you know, you can actually see the transformation that happens with people after they experience some kind of arts-based programming. And that's always been like kind of my driving force with that. So hopefully the same thing would apply to the, the animal example and then whatever a student is interested in. Yeah. Um, and those are the organizations that need the most help because yeah. um, they don't have the resources. And it's, especially now in, in, in this kind of economy, uh, marketing and design jobs are typically the first to go. Actually, I'm literally having an idea as we're talking. So go on. You, yeah, right. So <laughs> for for your marketing and graphic design students, you want to help and and um, do something that will help a local community, and then put yourself in a really good position. Volunteer at the local chamber. Yeah. Right. Because chamber of commerce. Yeah. So I'm on our local board. Um, they are struggling because people are not going to pay their dues during this period of time. Right. So they're going to be. Um, like if they had an opportunity to work with somebody who could help them with graphic design promoting, well, the other thing that a chamber does is it promotes all those local businesses. Mm -hmm. So if you put yourself in a position where you're the person that is the connection to help promote those local businesses, when they are looking to hire again, yep. your core competency will come to the top of their mind. So like literally, like <laughs> I got an email this morning from our director saying we're going to be doing this, this, and this. And so if that were a resource we had, I guarantee you we would do it and then help that person land. Oh yeah. I mean, the, the, the value would come back tenfold and yeah. not, not just that, but chambers are the best for networking. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that, that's such a great point. Um, I'm actually, ironically, uh, I, the, the local community development corporation here in, in Bellevue, north of Pittsburgh, that I'm on the board of, we just absorbed a chamber of commerce for yeah. the five boroughs in, in our neck of the woods. And that's one of the questions that we're having right now. And, and you know, this is a great deliverable where, Earlier, earlier, I had said some of these businesses have to learn new things. Um, we're trying to put out a Zoom call session where, you know, you and I would record something like we are now and then just deliver it to those businesses and say, right. just watch it or God, just listen to it. Right. Just uh, absorb the content and, and hopefully you'll divine some realizations out of it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's... It, uh, you know, graduates can do that for social media, can do it for design, big time, a number of different things. Yeah. Um, so bearing that in mind, uh, I'm interested in what inspires your work. So who are the people? So when I'm working with designers, I often tell them like, notice when you get angry, when you're looking at other design work, because that doesn't mean you hate it. It actually means you love it and you're jealous that it exists and <laughs> you're upset that you did not make it. 
Um, I, I use that as kind of a barometer for uh, the passion that people have for their discipline. So who are the, who inspires you and, and the work of your firm? What artists or designers or marketers or companies are you looking at that hmm. maybe uh, inspire you? You know, my, my inspiration comes, I think, from, a, from the entrepreneurial side, right? Um, I think, um, so people who I sort of follow, it's funny, literally before we just hopped on this call, I was listening to a video from John Acuff. He uh, is a, a writer and speaker. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk is, you know, mm -hmm. one of those guys that I, I, I think often he's not speaking to me per se, but I just, I admire sort of his grind. Um, actually a guy named Ed Milet. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's a great interviewer. These are all people who um, I think um, sort of inspire me to work harder. And mm. I think, you know, it's the one variable that we can control, right? Like how talented you are, how gifted you are, how charismatic you are, that you can work on all of those things. The one thing I feel like that I can bring to the table, regardless of whether I'm in uh, Coshocton, Ohio or Chicago or wherever is my work ethic. But mm. like everybody else, I think that is the thing that, especially in a time like this, right? Yep. Where, where there, there isn't the, the format, there isn't the, you know, the meetings that provide each day purpose. That's the thing that can get away from me. And so that's something I'm super intentional about is trying to listen to something, read something. Seth Godin's another one, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, who they, these are people who I intentionally listen to read or whatever to kind of get my mind right. Because candidly, the, you know, the idea of the, the, the design piece, the video piece, which is the videos where I spend a lot of my time, those are so different based on the client. Right. You know, you know, so it's really a matter of going, okay, I need to get my head right to put in the work. And I find that when I do that and get my head space right, then the inspiration comes. And how does it manifest? Do you got to like write something on a napkin or on paper? Or do you have to excitedly tell your team and like drop everything you're doing? I've got an idea. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I'm a, I'm a, I'm a writer. Like, so I like, um, I'm a person who likes to make lists. Actually, the one thing I really miss right now, RJ, is in my office, my, my family, when I was gone on a vacation, they surprised me by painting my office and one of the walls they painted with whiteboard. Oh, I love that stuff. Oh, oh yeah. And I just, I miss that because I'm in my home office now. I don't have that. That mm -hmm. is like when I'm with a campaign, whether it's like, I like to put it all up on the wall there's something cathartic as you said or something that inspirational for me that just kind of do the brain dump and so mm. i read one time that it said that the human brain is a great place for coming up with ideas and it's a terrible place for storing them right yep. and so for me putting it out on paper on the wall whatever allows me to then go okay now i'm gonna spin on it and the other piece that again i always feel weird saying i'm good at but the thing that it doesn't hold me back, I guess, is perfection doesn't hold me back. So I, like for me, I like putting stuff out and iterating, yes. if that makes sense. Yep. Um, I, I'm, I'm a believer in the MVP strategy, minimum viable product, right? Like, so like, I think that that is something that I enjoy doing. I want to get it out there, get feedback, iterate, yep. repeat. And so I think that's part of 
sort of my creative process, if that makes sense. It absolutely does. And so I'm experiencing that now. I absolutely do MVPs. So I, I've got the design thinking methodology leading into MVPs, and then you target focus group that in a variety of different ways. And then you've got, your, so you iterate on that prototype until you've got, you know, something that you can release. And it might not necessarily be perfect, but at least it will be incredibly researched and well-informed. Right. Um, because you'll never have a good sense of how it's going to, how people are going to react in the broad spectrum of things until you put it out there. So, uh, a hundred percent, by the way, to that point. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I'm experiencing now is on Wednesday night. Um, so one of the things that I do it in, in, in pit business is I, I run marketing for the undergraduate college and I basically have to, you know, send out email blasts and communications to the students. And, um, I'm also teaching this brand management class and I'm at a point where I'm, I'm like, morale is not good. You know, I, I know this because of my background, but also just no one's morale is like really strong right now. Right. Um, so I, I had a little focus group session with my students and I said, listen, I empathize. I understand what you're going through. Um, and I just want to be able to provide you with the content that you need as a student to push your careers forward, to assist you in your classes and everything. And I said, I'm looking at my email opens, my open rates, click through rates, and they're abysmal. They're in the toilet. Like what is happening here? And the students told me very matter of factly, like, if it has nothing to do with class, they aren't listening. Mm. Um, and in some cases, they don't want to listen and delete the emails mm. at the risk of losing critical information that they may need. Mm. Um, so I thought that was a, a really interesting shift in mentality, right? So right now, I'm, I'm working through these different strategies on how to communicate with them. On one, you know, one strategy is don't bother. Listen to your audience. Just they don't want to be talked to. Don't talk to them. You know, um, another is listen to the model. What have we always done? Do we continue and maintain that consistency, knowing that you know our open rates are going to be terrible? Is having some open rates better than having none? Um, and then ultimately, I, I looked at those two opposite ends and said, there's got to be something here where it's either we meet in the middle or it pivots out into something completely new. And um, my, my team and I basically said, we need to figure out how to talk to these folks that actually helps improve their morale. And if we improve their morale, maybe they'll start looking at these emails and, and paying attention, even though there's like three weeks left of the semester. You know, we're right near the finish line. So uh, we, uh, we came up with this, this campaign idea, and we also realized that all of the colleges at my university, they don't have a, mor uh, a morale campaign, right? So I had to tell them, like, okay, um, we need to work quickly. We need to work fast because I want to be the first to market, so to speak. I want to get this idea out there now and... If it's successful, we get to own that. If it is not successful, we have to own that too, but at least we can control it 
and take it down very quickly <laughs> if we sure, have sure. to, right? So, you know, I, I'm trying to inspire them and say, like, we have, a, we have an opportunity to do something innovative here mm-hmm. um, that's actually good for people. And I kind of walk them through that, that process. Like, let's prototype this. Let's develop a minimum product and release it and see how it lands. And um, my, my team, they, they're, they're, they're content writers, basically. They haven't gone through product development, which is kind of what this is, you know. And um, so they had a lot of fun with it. And they realized, like, oh, wow, you know, we can actually take this new perspective to how the things to a new perspective to old things or to the things that we've always been doing. So that was a very long preamble for my next question, which I know, is super interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm inspired by what they said, finding new ways to do the things we've always done. Are you learning any new way to do the old things you've always done? Uh, is there, where, where are you able to innovate? That is a great thing. So a couple things. As you were talking about that, number one, all I could think of was, it's like, I'm reminded of that quote uh, by Seth Godin, that if you want to be remarkable, you have to do something worth remarking about. Mm -hmm. Um, And like creating some piece of communication that um, like people are like, can you believe they did that? Right? (laughs) Right. In in order to to break through the clutter. so honestly, I think that this is going to sound strange, but I think that the thing that I have been able to do and the, the old thing that you're talking about is human connection, right? Human um, centeredness. Yes. Yeah. And so we are, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to do these sort of virtual meetings, encourage, because people will say, well, let's just do it on the phone to me. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to do that. I, like I want to do face to face. And I think that using the technology we have and good Lord, I've used zoom, Uber conference, Google hangouts, Microsoft teams, like you name it. We've, we've yep. tried it. And honestly, I think creating that, community and that connection has been one of the things that um, I've done that has created value for people. So like literally as simple as, well, this afternoon as we're recording this, I'm doing a a virtual happy hour with a bunch of my friends, not a new concept, but I'm doing a lot of stuff like that where people are getting off and going, oh, I needed that. Yeah. Um, because we, we're not wired to do life alone, even introverts. And, um, and let me just tell you, I'm an extrovert and this is killing me. So, um, but what I found is using this new technology that's been around for a long time, but I'd prefer the face to face. But by being the person who creates the, that connection, it's amazing how when you're the person who makes that choice, it puts you in a position of leadership, regardless of what sort of uh, group you're talking about. And so mm-hmm. being that person who makes those connections for me has, has been valuable my whole life. And it's certainly been valuable in the last few weeks. Yeah. I, I empathize completely. Um, and when you're having your happy hour, I'll be, I'll be toasting to you, to you from Pennsylvania. Cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, um, I'm surprisingly keeping it together. And I think, so I've been talking to, to folks about like their coping mechanisms because 
you know, for me, uh, the, the mental health aspect to this quarantine has not hit me yet. Mm. I'm aware of it. I'm talking about it, but it hasn't actually hit my soul. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, it's just kind of interesting how, how realization happens. So for example, I remarked to my wife the other day, um, you know, that this doesn't feel real what we're going through. Yeah. It it doesn't feel real. And, uh, she's like, well, it absolutely is. And I'm like, I understand that. I know the gravity of it. I'm just saying, I, it just doesn't feel real to me. And it had realized, I had realized that I was not looking at pictures of, of what's actually happening outside of my literal house. Like I'm not seeing suffering. I'm not seeing, you know, all of this chaos throughout the world. And, um, you know, that kind of brought me back to the center a little bit. And it was right around that time that I decided to start doing these calls because um, if it wasn't real for me, it might not be for, for others. Um, and ultimately what I discovered is that like even the conversation that we're having now, this is a part of me coping because my extrovertedness is absolutely at risk right now. Mm-hmm. I need to be a part of my, my tribes and um, I'm not getting that. So my solution was, well, let's start a video series and be extroverted as much as I can. So that's kind of balanced me out. Yeah. Uh, cause if I didn't have this and on top of the fact that like, if I had no work to do, I would go nuts. Yeah. And I think you, you, you hit the nail on the head. Um, so this is something, so my oldest, I think had that moment of realization where it all sunk in like yesterday. Mm-hmm. And so what I said to her was, look, you need to take the time to mourn this and grieve this mm-hmm. the way you need to do it. And then I think it's about creating uh, a sense of purpose. I mean, the, th- the reason that it's not real to you or I as much as it is to some other people is we have purpose each and every day. And, and what I was talking to her about, I'm like, this isn't a purpose of life. This isn't, this is a purpose each day. Doing right. one of these interviews, like I'll be candid. When I looked at my calendar today, I looked at this interview. I'm like, Ooh, I'll be talking to RJ today. That's my reason to get going. There's, it right. can be a, you know, it doesn't have to be a life transforming thing. So number one, you know, I think purpose is wildly important. It always is. And it's more important now. And number two is action. Um, You and I had a conversation um, at the, at the uh, AMA uh, piece where I believe action is the antidote to so much that ails us in the world. Mm -hmm. Just taking some semblance of action is it heals you. Like you are, you are fearful for something, take action toward it. If you are anxious about something, take action, action to fix it. It's the, the prescription. It's the antidote for so much of what ails us from a mental health perspective. And I'm hardly a mental health professional, so please don't, but I'm just saying taking, having some purpose and taking action toward it is an amazing way to get sort of your mental health in a better state. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. And and this conversation is proof positive of that. <laughs> Agree. You know? I mean, when I put the call out there, it's actually kind of remarkable if you think about it because I put the call out there to three groups. I put it on my Facebook. I put it on a higher ed social Facebook group and then the Daily Carnage, which is a marketing group on Facebook. Okay. And I got 40 people signed up like immediately. I'm, yeah. I could release an episode 
from, I mean, I started, I think maybe last week, week and a half ago, I could, I could go all the way through May posting these things every day. That's and awesome. all I said was like, Hey, I just want to talk to people and I record it and they post it up. And what I'm com- coming to find out is that for some of these people, they're like, Oh my God, I just had my first official professional webinar or a call with someone. And I'm like, Oh my God, like, I'm just a dude. Like, you know, I, I, I would love to have like this huge notoriety in my industry, but I don't, I'm just a guy and a practitioner. And, uh, and I saw, I saw one on LinkedIn that said, I had my first official talk today. I'm like, wow. Okay. That's well, great. See, I'm that's, glad I could be that for you. Yeah. <laughs> and see, that's the power of purpose action. And I guess the final thing is choosing yourself, right? right. I think so many times that people, and, and I've, I totally understand what you're saying. I do a lot of content. And so we inter- I interview people all the time and people put you in a platform and all I've done is hit record on my machine. Mm-hmm. Right. But I chose to do it and I chose to show up consistently and that's what you're doing right and that most people are unwilling or unable or whatever to do that and so the people who do that consistently and that's a message for you that's a message for me and that's a message for your students is if you choose yourself take action and take action consistently you can put yourself in a position where you get to make the choice so i think that is a good place to stop (laughs) because i couldn't have said that better myself but (laughs) Uh, I do want to uh, give you the opportunity to hype up what you're doing because I would love to have my students learn more about you, your, your books, your mentality, uh, your, your agency, and all the things that you've got going on, your podcasts, just everything. Uh, you're, you're a person that needs to be heard. Um, and I think that my students would gain a, a great perspective from you. So, how can they get a hold of you? How can they learn more about all the things that you do? Sure. No, I, and I appreciate that. Appreciate the kind words. Um, so if you, my company's website is hasamanmarketing.com. Um, we, on our blog page, literally have our blogs, videos, and podcasts all on that page. Try, try to make it so that people don't have to go 15 different places. Um, I am on all the social media platforms, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, love Snapchat. So find me there. Uh, so, and then, yeah, one of the things you referenced that uh, just finished up a book called the give first economy, which honestly talks about some of the stuff we're talking about today about providing value and, um, you know, not worrying about getting a return right away. <laughs> yeah, um, right. Right. Um, so I think that fits. And so I'd love it if people would check that out, but uh, yeah, I would love to connect with any of these folks. All right. Well, thank you very much, my friend. This was fantastic. And um, hopefully we'll do this again relatively soon. I would love it. I think I might have, I'm going to brute force my way onto your podcast. Uh, Dude, let's do it. (laughs) We'll 